You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm joined by former Washington tight end Jordan Reed, talking about his retirement, his career, and cannabis. That is in his future. It helped him in the past and it represents his future. And I want to thank Bram Weinstein for setting all this up. You can follow my work on ESPN.com. I'll have a story up Thursday looking at the day two and beyond quarterbacks that Washington could consider. The history of quarterbacks drafted after the first round isn't good. Put simply, it's a very tough position to fill, whether it's first or beyond, but it really gets hard after the first. One note, I'll be on The Beat, which airs on Washington, the Washington football team's website on Thursday with Brian Mitchell and Fred Smoot and host Chip Rear. Talking a lot of off-season stuff. And I did give one answer that I kind of wish I had said differently, so I'll tell you here. We were asked about the most impactful off-season signing and in my mind, I'm thinking best player they signed. So I said, William Jackson, the third, I think he is the best player they signed. But after we started talking, I realized it was really more about impactful. And I would probably have to say at this point, Curtis Samuel, simply because he adds an element they did not have on offense. And Jackson is good. He's an upgrade. But Ronald Darby had a pretty good year. So while it's an upgrade, is it going to be a transformational one? But Samuel provides speed and a versatile playmaker. QB always makes the impact, so Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you don't know what you're going to get with him, and I do think that he'll be better off because of Samuel's versatility, which should open things up for guys like Terry McLaurin and others as well. So now you know. And before I share my conversation with Jordan Reed, here are a couple of things that I wanted to get to before we, as we get close to the draft. It will be interesting to see what they do at linebacker. I know there's been a lot of talk about Landon Collins' future, and Ron Rivera was asked last week if Collins knocking down the linebacker move was based on something that had been communicated to him or if he was acting of his own volition. Rivera's reply, that wasn't coming from the team. So in other words, no, that, that, is, that, that was just from Collins. And that's why this is something to still watch. Again, I told you earlier this offseason that Washington views his skill set at fitting three positions, strong safety, big nickel, and outside linebacker. I, talk, I spoke to Matt Bowen about this transition a few months ago on the podcast. By the way, I also talked to Bowen about a lot of draft stuff um, earlier in the week. That came out Sunday. So if you haven't listened to that one, it's all about the draft and quarterbacks, linebackers. Go back and listen to it. But the one with um, about Matt Collins was from a few months ago, and I asked Bowen about how easy or tough that transition would be. He thought it would be an easy one. And, and again, you can go back to listen to it, but in a nutshell, thought it was much easier to go from the back to the front than vice versa. What Collins would do at the position is similar to what he's already doing, an in-the-box guy and the coverage skills and all that. It's very similar to being in whether the big nickel. Think of Dion Buchanan with the Cardinals. 
My wonder was whether or not his Achilles was recovered enough to give them the necessary info as to whether or not he could play at the right speed. My understanding is they feel he's looking pretty good. So I don't think that this would even be in consideration if they had some doubts on that. And my thought, you know, and I've kind of been off a little bit on this stuff was that why would you move him to a new spot coming off the Achilles? But again, if they feel it's okay, that it's progressing well, then that's why you do it. Um, the final clue as to their intentions with Collins will come on draft night. If they draft a linebacker, I think it will be somebody who has the versatility to also play the mic. So when you're looking at linebackers, you've got to look under that prism, I do believe. They do like how John Bostic finished the season, but as they build this defense, they know they're going to want their version of a Luke Keekley in the middle. I mean, who doesn't? It's hard to find that guy. But the athleticism that he possessed is, I think, what they're looking for, too. We keep looking for ways, you know, everybody keeps looking for ways to get both Cam Curl and Landon Collins on the field, and this would be the way. You can't rule out a move to this position, but again, he'll be asked to do similar things to what he's, he would be doing now. There's not much more to add to the news of Alex Smith retiring, but I'll just say this. I truly enjoyed covering his comeback this season. It has to be one of the more enjoyable stories I've chronicled over the years, easily. I remember in his first season here, the home opener against the Colts. It was dreadful. Colts played a soft cover two. Smith could, and the offense could do nothing. And I remember looking at the fans in the stadium and thinking, these people have to watch this boring offense for three more years. But when you learned with Smith, there were why his teams often won. And you could start to feel the impact. He knew how to operate at the position. As Nick Sundberg discussed in the podcast earlier this year, Smith could make a lot of plays that weren't flashy and really didn't, you know, not going to look back and remember them, but they were meaningful to the other players. Maybe it was gaining 13 yards on a third and 16 to set up a better punt. That stuff matters. Maybe he was throwing a ball away rather than forcing it. Those things kept his teams in games. And, and a lot of the NFL is about what you don't do to lose the game versus what you're doing to win. I talked to Jay Gruden the other day about him, and he said as long as Smith was walking out of the tunnel, they felt they always had a chance to win. Players loved having him in their huddle. He wasn't the greatest quarterback, but his teams did win, and he was a key reason for that. He was an outstanding leader. Smith understood all aspects of the position. He was beloved by teammates before his injury. What the injury did was allow him to reveal himself to a much larger audience. Anyway, that's it from me. And I'll be back after this break with former Washington tight end, Jordan Reed. We discuss his career, what he thinks now of the hit by Keanu Neal that ended his 2019 season and impacted him into 2020 as well. Plus, cannabis. I'm Byron Kerr, host of Curly W. I've spent 15 years covering baseball and the Washington Nationals. My Curly W podcast will give you the opportunity to visit with Nats players, current and former, as well as coaches and coordinators at the major and minor league levels. We will jump into the 21 campaign and look back at how the Nats got here and what prospects are close to making it to the show. Subscribe to Curly W wherever you get your podcasts. Another great show from Empire Media. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Jordan Reed. I want to start with the big news of the day that you are going to retire. Can you just, what what's the thinking behind that decision? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely been a, you know, thought out process. Um, 
I was pretty sure I was going to keep playing after the season uh, last year. Uh, you know, I was feeling good about, you know, where I was at. But then uh, I had some lingering effects and uh, I went and sought out some professional uh, help and, and just to get diagnosed and see where I was at and, you know, see, you know, have a professional opinion about what I was dealing with. And they, uh, they pretty much told me that, you know, it's not a good idea for me to keep playing. And, um, you know, I, I agree with them. And uh, so that, that's what all went into the, uh, making the, the choice to retire. And then the lingered effects from what? From concussions. Okay. I, I figured that. Okay. Had you, had they not told you that before? Because you, it's not like, you know, you've had, you had had a lot throughout. And I want to get to the other stuff, the cannabis and all that in a few minutes, because I think that's interesting. But as far as the concussions go, you'd had a bunch throughout your career. Had nobody ever told you that before? And what was different this time? I was uh, before when I had a concussion, you know, I had the concussion and then, I, you know, I'll feel better afterwards and I wouldn't have any lingering lingering effects from, from a particular concussion. In this case, I was having some lingering symptoms after the season that I noticed. And then I went and sought out some uh, professional help with that. And then that's when um, I was diagnosed and things like that. But it, you know, if I, if I didn't have any symptoms that, that remained, then I would have, I would have kept playing, but you know, it's, I'm physically, uh, unable to continue to play based off, you know, my injuries and um, how they're affecting me currently. What were, what were some of the lingering symptoms that you had? I'd rather, I'd rather not discuss okay. that, honestly, but okay. um, yeah, it's, it's concussion symptoms. Yeah, I know. I, I had a son who had a concussion and it, like in, the, in one, it could be one, it could be, you know, sometimes as you know, they can accumulate. Sometimes it's just one that does it. And he had one that in high school where he was, basically prevented from playing sports for six months. So those can be, you know, and I, we saw what he had to go through and all that. It's not an easy thing. Had, you know, are you okay with this decision? Because I mean, you seem like you still love to play. I mean, is it an easy one for you to accept or is it hard? Yeah, it's definitely um, tough, man. It's definitely tough. I had, um, you know, I had goals for my career that I wanted to achieve and, you know, the amount of time that I wanted to play. And, uh, it got cut short due to injury, but at the same time, I'm okay with it because I know the reason why I'm making the choices for my family, for right. my children, so I can be there and be healthy for them. And um, and I, I'm ready. To, you know, it's, it's time for me. Um, you know, it's just it's just time. And then just to, just to, for some detail purposes, when did you actually go to the specialist, and when did they tell you that, and when did you actually come to the decision to retire? Went out there around uh, March. And, and where, uh, where was it? Where was it at? In Orlando. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks. Plasticity Centers in Orlando. And uh, yeah, I, I did some treatment out there for a couple of days and then ended up getting a scan on my brain. And, um, you know, based off the results they seen on the scan, um, they, they, they gave me their opinion. And, okay. um, you know, I took it very seriously based off what I was already dealing with. So when did you actually make the decision that's like, okay, I know I need to do it? I was struggling with it for a couple couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I always feel like I could I could bounce back and, you know, I've, I've bounced back several times throughout my career. So, uh, 
you know, I just really sat down with my family and, and we all talked about it. And uh, and it's, it's just the best it's the best decision for me moving forward. So how do you look back? I always enjoyed watching you just because you God, you could kill guys in practices watching you. And it was so much fun to watch. How do you look back on your career now? Definitely grateful for, for my career, man. I'm proud of I'm proud of what I was able to do um, when I played. And um, it's something I always cherish. Uh, you know, I love I love the game of football. You know, I was truly passionate about it. And, um, you know, something I'll never forget, I, you know, all the adversity I had to deal with and, and come through. And, you know, I was able to bounce back numerous times and uh, showed me a lot about myself. And um, it taught me a lot about life and and just, you know, how to keep grinding and, and, and persevering through through adversity. And you, you certainly had to overcome a lot of that. And I remember even like, I think it was the Dallas game where you separated your shoulder and, you know, you're getting your, you're having somebody help pull the pads off you after the game. Do you remember that game? And just like, is that, is that something you look back on and say like, you know, I, I showed what I could do here, but man, that was a brutal one. Yeah, man. I definitely uh, always remember that, that game um, because of, just the fact that uh, I showed faith in God and faith in myself. And um, I went out there and I kept playing and I was able to have success. And that showed me that, you know, when when I, when you're faced with ob- obstacles and, and, and adversity, um, you know, if you, if you have faith in yourself, then you always got a chance to pull through and, and make something positive out of it. What do you remember? How hard was it to play through that, though? It was hard to make the choice to go back out on the field. Um, once my seeing my shoulder was fully separated and I got the X-ray and I seen my bones sticking out of my shoulder, it was kind of a challenge to 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 get myself to go back out there, knowing that you know I got this going on. But once I made the choice and I started catching the ball from Kurt uh, at halftime, right before the you know right before we started playing again. You know, I, you know, I knew I could, I can go out there and, and once I, once I went, I stopped thinking about it and um, good stuff, good stuff started happening. And I had faith yeah. that it, that it could and it, and it did. Then the other one, and I'm going to go back to 2019 training camp because, and I remember even talking to the time and talking to you and talking to others at how good you look, you look like the pre toe injury, Jordan Reed with the way you were killing guys in practice. And I was like, you know, and, I think we're all thinking you're going to have a big year and then you get that injury. What do you remember about that feeling going in training camp and then that injury, the concussion? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely, I was really, really excited going into training camp um, to be able to overcome the toe injuries with the sesamoid injury that, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, guys do not come back from that injury just from one, from one foot. And I had both of my feet. Right removed so um you know it was definitely I was I was grateful to be feeling that good and um all the work I put in really paid off so I was I was really excited and I was I was really happy at the time I was enjoying you know life I was enjoying football and then um I went out there and I took that hit and uh it was a it was a major concussion and uh you know it's just just how it happened I can't I couldn't control it. It just happened that way. Yeah. And, um, you know, it is what it is. It was something I had to 
something I had to deal with in my life to to make me who I am today. Was that was that one like did, did you still have lingering effects from that one even into this off season? I would say yeah. Uh, okay. After that hit, I you know catching the ball never really was felt the same after that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was difficult. It became more difficult to track the ball and um, and, and stuff like that. And that's one thing that I, I really uh, I noticed that that stayed after that after that shot. Did you ever talk to Keanu about that play? Did you ever have a chance? No, nah, I never talked to him about okay. it. Um, but at the same time, I know it's football, man, and stuff happens. Um, he yeah. plays at a, at a at a high speed, and, and that's just how the game is played. I don't blame anybody for for anything like that. And uh, I don't think anybody tried to purposely injure me. And I, again, I'm going to get to the cannabis in a few minutes because I, again, I think that's really interesting. But I also love talking to you about just your career and all that because I really, truly enjoyed watching how you played. And we we talked about I remember early in your career about the basketball moves that you brought to the field. And Washington signed a guy, Samus Reyes, who was a former basketball player. How much did basketball help you on the field, and how much can it help him? Man, basketball was the reason for my success. I, I give basketball. 100% credit um, to being able to transfer over from quarterback at the University of Florida and, and only two years getting drafted to the NFL as a tight end. So I definitely um, owe a lot to, to my time playing basketball growing up, playing with my boys in the streets and stuff and just being able to use those same movements. Um, I, I developed on the basketball court and brought it to the field and it translated and, and it was highly effective um, for, 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 for my career. So, yeah, I owe a lot to basketball. And I, and I say to, to Reyes to, to, to keep on playing ball in the offseason. Obviously, football is the, the, the profession now. So, you know, when you get some time to, to play in the, the offseason, to, to keep that skill set going because it directly correlates to playing tight end. I know you talked about this with Bram on his radio show the other day. So how does it correlate? What are some of the little things? Because I remember talking about your crossover moves, but when you were talking to Bram, you kind of brought up some other areas that you felt like it helped on the field as well at that position. Just the foot, just the footwork of it, you know. Um, you know, there's a move I do on a basketball court called the in and out, mm. and it's kind of like a four-step sequence. And I would apply that same exact four-step sequence to a choice route that I was running and, and it would have the same exact effect that it would have getting by a guy on the basketball court, making him think I was going another way. And then I cross his face and I would do the same exact um, pattern of, of steps and, and head movement and body movement. And, uh, and it would do the same exact thing to the, to the DB trying to guard me. I would cross him over. And then, you know, just, attacking the ball at the high point, getting rebounds, having soft hands, you know, hand-eye coordination, dribbling ball. That's why I was able to catch so well. Mm. It was a natural pass catcher. It was because of how I was able to dribble a basketball. Um, So it teaches, you know, basketball directly correlates to to playing tight end. When you were healthy, did you feel anybody could stop you? Nah, I didn't. I never really – I never really met uh, a DB that could stop me and could guard me when I was when I was at the top of my game. Um, I felt uh, if I got if a guy was close to me on certain routes and stuff, I felt like 
I would be disappointed in that. If I didn't beat a guy by a few steps, then I didn't really like it. So mm. I, I was really, I have held myself to a very high standard. And um, I felt, I, I believed that, you know, I was, I shouldn't be guarded and I should never drop a ball. And um, that's just how I, you know, that's just how I uh, tried to, you know, perform. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about a fun new offer from Monkey Knife Fight that can enhance any sports experience, whether you're at a game, on your couch, or in a bar. It's a daily fantasy sports league that is easy to play. You can sign up on monkeyknifefight.com using promo code JKR and play games such as more or less. Will an NBA player score more or less than a listed point total? You can do the same in baseball. Will a pitcher have more or less strikeouts than a given amount, etc.? It's fun, and every Friday it's Home Run Derby, bet on three guys who had home runs that night. All three hit one, you share in the prize pool. Every week you can participate in their eagle-eyed jackpot based on the PGA Tour. Choose from any sport, from NASCAR to UFC and League of Legends. And of course, once football rolls back around, there will be even more fun prop bets. This is daily sports betting designed for the average fan to use their knowledge and have some fun. Sign up now at monkeyknifefight.com and use promo code JKR. That's promo code JKR. Let's turn to the cannabis now because that seems to be part of your future. So what are you doing with the cannabis industry moving forward? Moving forward, um, I'm in the process of, of you know, starting and, and finding the right partners to really, you know, team up with who have the same kind of mindset as I have, as far as, you know, the applicability of the plant, its medicinal values, and um, just how, how uh, lucrative the industry is. And, um, you know, I'm just finding those right partnerships and um, trying to develop something great. What, what, what made you get interested in, in, going, in going this direction? For one, um, how lucrative the industry is, is and how, um, how, how well it's been doing since it's been legalized. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, you know, we were barely scratching the surface on, on, um, on how profitable and, and prosperous the industry is going to be. Um, and then also, you know, having dealt with numerous injuries in my career and um, concussions, I, I, I look to the plant um, and I see a great potential. You hear about all the, the preventative and, and medicinal application that it has. And um, it, it makes me very exciting, excited and um, hopeful for the future and, and dealing with some of this, you know, traumatic injuries and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Have you talked to other, there's some former players who are already in it. Calvin Johnson, I think has done some stuff too. Have you talked to other guys about this? No, I haven't. I, uh, I haven't really talked to any other other athletes about it no at this point and then for you how has it has this been a part of your if you've had those concussions and you know I know again you told Bram and I saw some studies um, that talk about cannabis and then concussions and and how it you know if it can help and all that how much have you turned to that for your own health I've definitely uh, turned to cannabis you know for no, for a number of of injuries that I dealt with in my in my career, um, 
you know, having surgeries, having foot surgeries, you know, having separated shoulders, they, they, they prescribe you opioids um, to deal with the pain. And for me growing up, I seen, you know, a number of my friends get addicted to opioids and things like that. So I always knew the dangers that uh, opioids had, and I never really wanted to, to use it. So I, I chose to, to lean on cannabis for a lot of that, a lot of that pain and, and, and stuff like that. And it was always very effective. Um, and it never had, you know, I, I never became addicted to it. it. It didn't have any negative effects on me in, in other, other ways. It was always a positive thing for me. And then I started researching it and, um, and looking into some of these top researchers in the field. And, and this, some of their studies are showing that cannabis can be a preventative for neurodegenerative diseases. Um, that can come from traumatic brain injury. So when I when I hear about that and I read that, it just gives me a lot of, uh, it just makes me even more excited and more passionate about learning and, and, and being in the cannabis industry. When did you first start? Because you've had you've had to deal with a lot of things throughout your career and going back to Florida. So when did you start using that as, as, a, as something to help you um, with your health? Once, once it became legalized and, and I was able to, um, you know, see and, and learn and hear about the medicinal uh, benefits of it. That's when I would start using it. I, you know, I heard that it, it's good with pain and things like that. So, you know, I tried it out with, with some of my injuries and, and I found that it was very effective. And then, you know, and I'm sure like, and, and listen, man, being in the locker rooms for many years, when we, I talked to guys about opioids versus the, the marijuana debate, and I would say 80 some percent would say they would have preferred marijuana. Is this, how much would you guys talk about this in the locker room? Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, a topic for sure. Um, you, you hear, you hear all these horror stories about opioids and you actually, you know, I, I seen it with my own two eyes, the effects that it, it can have. If you, even if you had an injury and you, you, you only wanted to use it for a week or two weeks, you know, it's something that could be very dangerous because be, you know, even in that two week period, you can become, you know, addicted to it. And then sure. once that happens, you know, it's, it's you know, it's obviously a, a lot of risks that come from it. Um, but not just in the locker room, people, I don't think people are preferring cannabis over opioids. I, 67% cannabis has, has become widely adopted. Um, I think, you know, they said it's grown, the, the use of it has grown 67% just in 2020. So uh, a lot of people are seeing the benefits of cannabis right now. And then what, what as far as like you, you want to invest in all that, but what is it that you ultimately like to do? Would you like to have a dispensary? Would you like to, what would be your role with all this? Well, I currently own assets. Um, I own um, the full vertical grow processor dispensary. And um, I just plan on continuing to, to, to grow in the cannabis industry. I, I want to be a part of, um, you know, the industry in, a, in, in several different ways. Recreationally, um, I think it draws, brings people together and, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun, you know, something people can, are enjoying and, and, and something that, you know, people can enjoy and will enjoy. And then I, I see the medicinal the medicinal and preventative uh, application as well. And I want to be a part of, you know, researching the plant, um, researching and developing, you know, 
ways of using it the proper way and 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 the best way that will will give a person the best benefit. So I want to be involved in in um, in every pretty much every aspect of the industry. And you were somebody too that I remember writing about this before about your work ethic as a player, and I always felt like it was not given enough credit for that, or maybe not talked about as much. I don't I don't know, but um, how do you transfer that? what you were doing there to what you want to do here? Like, what are some of the things you're doing to, you know, as, as a worker, even just in this area, like that you, that is like, you know, to, that is maybe a more than what you normally do or something like that. What type of research are you doing, et cetera? Yeah. Um, I appreciate you noticing, you know, noticing that about my, my work ethic, man. And I definitely transfer it over to, to business now. Um, you know, I, I'm a student of business. And um, I'm a student of the, the cannabis plant. I think, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time researching the medical benefits of cannabis, you know, how to use it correctly. And, you know, I spend a lot of time just, just learning about business. Um, right now, I'm, I'm working to, to find the right partnership and, and the right team to, to take it to the next level. Um, I know I can't do it alone. And um, just like being a part of a team you know throughout sure. my career i know that you know it's going to be it's going to depend on having a great team of people who are experts in the field and um, who could teach me along the way hey going back to the career too i guess it's kind of tied into the health too but um are you can how concerned are you for you know we, we always read these we see these studies you hear these stories about players with the long-term impacts of the concussion what's your level of concern for yourself in that area it's definitely uh, uh, something that, that comes into my mind, especially, I mean, that's the reason why I'm retiring right now at this point is because, um, you know, the, the potential long-term effects from traumatic brain injuries. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something that I, I try to be proactive about preventing for myself and, um, you know, just try to stay on top of. When did you, because I remember talking to you about this years ago too, and like, would your, you know, were people asking you to retire or would they, would they pretty much leave this up to you? Were there people around you who said a couple of years ago, would even say, Jordan, it's time to stop. Or would, did that ever happen or that were those discussions held? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially after 2019, um, you know, got people telling me, you know, my family asking me and, and, and recommended I retire and things like that and certain doctors, but, you know, I always believed in myself and, um, you know, I just wanted to give it another chance last year and, you know, see if it was, uh, if it was meant for me to continue to play or not. And I, I wasn't really sure about it. And so I went back out there and I tried again and I would probably kept playing, man. I love the game. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to play. So, but you know, when you, when you, when I get diagnosed and, and, and doctors are telling me I got to take it seriously because I see and you hear all the stories about, um, effects of, of traumatic injuries to the brain. So I had to take it serious and um, it's the right decision for me and my family, for sure. And what did you, just a couple more questions. I appreciate your time and I love talking to you. So, but just what, what do you, um, what did you like about playing in Washington and what do you think held you guys back a little bit? Cause there's always, you guys are always kind of on that precipice and couldn't get over that point. I love, I love playing in Washington, man. I loved it. With all my heart, man, and it's something I always cherish. Um, you know, being a Redskin. When I when they drafted me, I was I was 
ecstatic and um, you know, I was loyal to to the end. And I still am a you know, I'll always be a, a Washington, you know, football team, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll always be a part of it. So uh I think one thing that held us back, uh just I don't know, man. We had a we dealt with a lot of injuries throughout yeah. throughout the time. Every time we, we seemed like we had a, a good team or we had some potential in the preseason. We were stricken with 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 injuries. Um, you know, key players were getting hurt in, in the worst kind of time. And I just think that's part of the game. Um, I just know it's a part of the game and it's it's hard to it's hard to have success. You gotta you gotta be you gotta have everybody healthy, you gotta, you know, you gotta have a magical year. And so, you know, I, I think that was one of the key factors my time there in Washington. Uh, for sure. And Kyle Pitts, Florida guy too. What do you think? I think he's going to be one of the next great tight ends in the NFL. His skill set is not just going to be successful in the college college leagues. I, it directly um, will be successful in the NFL. He, he's fast. He's fluid. He's, he's mobile and he has great hand, hand-eye coordination. Um, usually when you see a guy run, run so fast, sometimes they're stiff and they can't run routes, but Kyle, he can, he, he can burn and, and he also can run great routes. So, you know, I, I definitely see him being a superstar. And then last question, Jordan, but Alex Smith retires this week. You're going out, you go out a day later, yours comes out. What do you remember about him as a, as a teammate? I know it wasn't even that long of a period, but what do you recall about him? And he was a he was a great dude. He was a great leader. You know, you felt you felt confident when he was in the huddle, calling the plays. He always gave 110 percent. You know, I seen him take some nasty hits. Even just you know my one year playing with him, he'd come back to the huddle like nothing happened and, and be ready to play to call the next play. And that just made you want to do your best, do your best for him. So uh, I'm definitely proud of him and. Um, Grateful I had, I had played with him. Um, he had a great career, and um, he, he was a true inspiration for, for, for all kind of people in all different walks of life to deal with adversity. So, you know, he, he, he's, a, he's a person that will always be remembered in the NFL. And, then, you know, and I, like I said, anything else you want to add about the cannabis industry? I mean, the funny thing is, like, I wonder what how the NFL would have received it, but you are getting out of the game now, so you're free to do whatever you want. But anything else you want to add about that? Yeah, um, you know, I just plan on, you know, being more outspoken about the cannabis plant and, and how it, 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 it can benefit us all. Um, you know, I really want to be a part of, like I said, research and development and really um, understanding the, all the best ways to use the cannabis plant. At this point, I think it's negligent of us as a society to not really take full advantage of, of the plant because there are studies that say, you know, it helps with Lou Gehrig's disease, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease. So, you know, that's something that, you know, affects a lot, a large number of people. And I think, um, I really want to be a part of, of the solution and, and bringing cannabis and, and bringing all the best potential that cannabis has to the, to the forefront. Awesome. Jordan, it was great catching up with you. Really good to hear from you and good luck with everything in the future. Thanks a lot, John. I really appreciate the time, man. It's good seeing you. Good seeing you, man. Take care. What's up? 
It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with the John Kime Report, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL. High-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Jordan for joining me, and thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with a bonus episode on Friday, a short one. Fred Smoot talking about his draft experience, and Tyler Roman, former NFL scout, with a look at some possible late-round gems for Washington. Tyler is the host of the Roman Around the League podcast. Give it a listen. Talk to you next time.